0: Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world, one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media, at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, go ahead and give God a hand clap where you're at. Give him a shout of praise. Come on, he does miracles. He does miracles. Come on, Lord, we believe in you. Come on, let us know if you believe in him. Go ahead and just type amen. Put a smiley face emoji, what have you. Throw something up in the comment box. Let's praise God together. Ain't that right, honey?
1: Amen. Let's praise God together. <laughs> right. I'm Pastor Louie,
0: by the way. I'm the Fulton uh, campus pastor here. I'm with my wife, Tina. She's our Fulton Connections director, and we're here with you on midweek. We have the honor of just bringing the midweek Bible study to you. But before we do anything, I want to say this because I like to say it all the time Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry Christmas,
1: Merry Christmas.
0: (laughs) It's such a great time of year. And I think that that term Merry Christmas cannot be said enough because Christmas, as we all know, it's all about Jesus. Okay, the world can make it all about something else. Buying presents, Christmas trees, what have you, lights. And those things are awesome. I enjoy all those things. But it's ultimately about Jesus, our Lord and Savior, where we celebrate that when he came to earth, was born. Come on, somebody. So we celebrate Jesus, and we get to do a lot of things in celebrating that and, and just reminding ourselves that this is the, uh, the one of those pivotal moments of our faith, when a Savior came to the world. For you, for me, come on, you got to personalize that, because He didn't just come just to come for a group. He came for you. Amen. Come on, go ahead and type amen on that, but Merry Christmas. So glad, so honored to be here with you, with my wife. As Like I said, we're going through the Bible study, and we're going to be going through the book of Galatians again. We're jumping back into Galatians chapter two. My wife and I were here last week and the pastor's side is like, man, you guys did so amazing, you gotta do it again. <laughs> i'm just teasing i'm just teasing but uh but pastor si does believe in us and i honor pastor Sai and pastor marie thank you so much for entrusting my wife and and myself for the responsibility of being able to uh share the this platform together and this responsibility together to bring you uh bring freedom house church the word so thank you so much we honor you we honor our family too man our kids we love them they're great our children and, and we represent them as we're up here as well the other thing i want to honor is this okay i don't want to just just uh, just, you know, go through it quickly. Pastor Tommy already went through it, but it's our Adopt-A-Home outreach that we did this past Saturday. My, oh my, how powerful and amazing it was because the generosity of the church. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your hearts to give. Thank you for all that you've done to be a part of this Adopt-A-Home and allowing us to reach so many families, uh, you know, over 500 families uh, that we've got to reach, which represents, because I believe the ratio. Is three to one for every one family. We calculated about three, uh, three, three to four children are out there. So about 2,000 children we got to bless with toys. I mean, they were lined up and there were smiles here. Like, like tell me something about the Adopt-A-Home outreach. Let them know, like, what took place that day.
1: Yeah, so um, I was honored to serve at our Adopt-A-Home outreach and I was out there in the front and it was just so crazy um, because I get so emotional about it. So excuse me if I shed a tear. But, um, It looked like the Costco parking lot out there, you know, when everybody was just going crazy, and there was just so many people, and the line just, I was like, you know, it's never ending, the line is never ending, and um, when I went to step outside every so often to check on the check-in table, um, just cars were piled up, backed up, and just tons of family just coming, um, because, you know, some of them just... They don't have that right now. They don't have that hope. And we were able to provide that by blessing them with trees and toys and groceries and prayer. I saw them walk in. But you know what? When they walked out, I saw so many tears and tears of joy. Tears of joy swelled up. I don't know how many times I heard, Merry Christmas. (laughs) You know, so they were like, they were merry about this Christmas. Let me tell you. And even so, where somebody stopped and said, I want to be a part of this church. I want, thank you so much to give me to me, but I want to give back. How can I help and how can I be a part of it? There was people just feeling such an array of emotions, but if anything, we just got to be the hands and the feet of Jesus and we helped so many families and we contributed so much and it just, it wasn't just christmas trees and toys it was just an extension and the love of christ is what we gave them and so it was just an honor it was a privilege to be a part of that and thank you again for your generosity thank you so much
0: yes it was she was right it was out there it was like in the costco lines where people were stocking up for toilet paper and uh and, the, and that time just because people didn't know so they went out and uh <laughs> that's how it looked like zigzagging and being being a campus pastor, I don't have a specific area to where I, I designate myself. I just designate myself to all the areas. So I, I'm looking around, I'm making sure everything's going well. But I'm also outside, and I was in the lines just talking to every single person, just saying Merry Christmas, going from line to, to one person after other, and the line was literally zigzagging. People were lining up because this is what they needed. They came in for a physical need, but but they, let, they left with a spiritual need that God wanted to fill in their lives. And a lot of, all of that is attributed to the church, the church being the church. So thank you so much for your generosity. So many lives were changed. So many people met Jesus for the first time that day as well. I don't, I don't want to overlook that, but all because of the generosity of the church and those that were a part of the Adopt-A-Home, you know, as Pastor Tommy said, you have that ornament that you could take home to remind you of what you were part of, something bigger yourself this Christmas season, which is awesome. So, you know, I'm super excited. I know, I know we we don't want to uh, glance over that. that. I really wanted to talk about that because it, it's, it's so impactful what we're doing. And we do this every year and we look forward to doing it year over year. But uh, we just want to help people. That's all we're about. Pastor Josiah, when we went into the COVID season, the first one of the things that he said, is that we're going to go down. We're going to go down giving, come on, and helping the community. And that's what we're doing. And guess what, church? Come on, God has sustained us. God has provided. We are not going down. The church is still open. Come on. We got Christmas services coming up this Sunday. We got four here at Fullerton, one over there in Costa Mesa, and then online. So come on, get ready. We're in the Christmas season, and we love it, we love it, we love it. With that said, I'm going to jump up. We're going to jump behind the table now, and we're going to jump into the Bible study. So come on on and follow with us. Get your Bibles out. Get your notes out. Because as the saying goes, note takers are world changers and uh, i say that all the time and you know you know pastor size says it i just amplify it and it's (laughs) the truth take them notes they help out i'm always referencing the notes every single every single time i need to i can go back to it and it just uh if i forget something i can remember always to go to my notes amen amen all right well we're jumping into galatians chapter 2 um, or we started Galatians chapter two. I believe we broke down a couple of scriptures, a couple of verses, uh, one and two into it. And then we're gonna start off at verse three. But before I jump into it, I don't wanna assume that everybody knows where we're at. Maybe it was the first time that you got... Uh, logged on. Uh, somebody sent you the link. You you tried the link, and you're here. Welcome. So glad that you're here. Um, <clears throat> but we're getting to Galatians. Galatians, the book of Galatians, was written by Paul the Apostle to a group of uh, churches in the region of Galatia. Now, Galatia was not a city; it was just a region. If you look on the map right now, you'll look in. Uh, if you look at Turkey, it was in central Turkey. That that was the region of Galatia. A- Paul the Apostle. Um, he was, as I said, the, uh, an apostle, apostle of God and apostle of Jesus. And, you know, he was going out spreading the good news of Jesus. I mean, he, Paul had a radical transformation. Uh, there's the, he, 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 he even changed his name from Saul to Paul. And, and God did some miraculous things instantaneous to him. Uh, and, and, and Christ revealed himself to him in, in that moment of transformation. And from then on out, he became the, one of the greatest uh, men of God, advocates of the church possible starting churches, and he just started churches all over Galatia, and he would start church, preach the good news, the new good news that Jesus gave to him. He just gave to others, led people to Jesus, and then he'd go to another uh, area in that region, and Start another church by leading people, converting people to, to, to Christianity. And as he moved from church to church, um, you know, he left people behind. Now at the time, this teaching was brand new. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the, the good news, um, salvation through Jesus, that, that was a new teaching to them. Um, it, it wasn't new in the sense where they didn't know it was coming because the, the scriptures did point to it coming, but it was, it was, it was new in the manner that it was, it was coming about. Because the instance the, the action that took place, Jesus coming, uh, Jesus uh, you know going to the cross, dying, being uh, buried and rose again, that, that was all new that just happened it happened it was the, the moments were, were going, and, and it was very recent for them okay so he's preaching that, and as he moves from church to church, you know other people in the church that were also converted from Judaism. Um, you know, they were converted from Judaism, the, the, the old way of having a relationship with God, um, into Christianity. And some of the old ways and the new way kind of intertwined with one another and, and, and therefore brought about something that was different than what was revealed to Paul that he was teaching to the church. Now, these old ways were old traditions, old laws, legalism, you know, keeping people that under bondage. When, when Jesus came to bring freedom, the Bible says in Galatians 5.1, it says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And that's pretty much the theme of all of Galatians, that is freedom. We are to have freedom in, in Jesus Christ, in our relationship with him. Now, of course, there's order. Of course, there's order. But we are to have freedom. freedom in Jesus Christ, not bondage, in, in Jesus Christ. And uh, that's what Paul was, was uh, dealing with at the time because he was coming and he was speaking to the Church of Galatians. Okay, this, this is not what I left you with when I started these churches. I left you with a, a revelation of relationship with Jesus and you guys are going back into the bondage and, and this and that. So he was dealing with some false teachers and things of that nature. So this is where we find ourselves. Paul's uh, with Barnabas and uh, Titus and they're in Jerusalem. And he's talking to a couple of the church leaders in Jerusalem. So this is where we're at. Galatians chapter 2, verse 3 to 10. Honey, you want to read verses? Just read verse 3 to 10, and then we'll jump in um, and pick out certain verses here.
1: Yes. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God uh, does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognize that I have been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along."
0: So good. Okay. So let's focus right here on Galatians 2, 3 through 5 first. Okay. So in the first, uh, in, in verse 3 it says, Yet not even Titus who was with me was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. Now, so the reason I bring this up, and I, I believe I mentioned it last week, but I, I kind of just like want to start here and then move into the thought that I want to bring you was that Titus being a Greek means that he was a new convert. So he wasn't converted from Judaism. He was converted from just, uh, you know, whatever uh, religion he was practicing, whatever faith he was practicing, practicing. Uh, he, was just, he was just converted, a brand new Christian, all of this is brand new, everything. There, there, he had no foundation. So he was converted to that, but at that time they were in Jerusalem. With these leaders that were mentioned in the scriptures, uh, Paul went with, with Titus and he was different. And uh, to, to them, the Jewish, Jewish people that were there, uh, the Jewish leaders that were there, it was, it was very different than what they were used to. Because they were converting those that knew at least about the Jewish faith. Okay, so the, the, the laws that they would practice, the, the, the things that would, they would do, the offers, offerings that they would give. They, they, that's what they knew. But this was a person, Titus, saying that, hey, you know what? This is, he's a new convert. He doesn't know any of that. Now, Paul took them, and when they were there, Paul was there to, to discuss with them what he has been preaching, what was revealed to him by Jesus. But at the same time, they were telling him, okay, okay something a little bit different. Like, no, but you still got to do these things. You have free, We have freedom in Jesus. That's what they're trying to say, but you still got to do these things. So it's something very contradictory. So they were telling Titus, Titus, you need to you know, get circumcised because that's a part of our Jewish law. But Paul was teaching, like, no, like this is we we that puts us back under bondage if we follow those laws. We're set free through Jesus. So they were trying to implement a traditional way of thinking, an old way of religion that was never meant to go forth with this new gospel message that Jesus brought when he went to the cross, was uh, was buried and rose again that, that we are to live now as believers. We're not to live. Under, uh, un, under, under the old ways of the law. We're not to live under uh, a legalism. That's not who we are. That's, that's not relationship. God wants us to live under relationship. Now, when we live under relationship, then order comes into our life. Or, relationship with Jesus, order comes. So like for me in my household, for, with me and my wife, like I, I live with my wife. I have relationship with my wife. And because of that relationship, I have an order in my life with my wife. Now, if I didn't have a relationship with her, and, and th- then there would be no order in, in our life. There would be no order in our marriage. There would be no order in family. So uh, in our family. So we need that relationship to establish order. The um, same goes for us as believers. We can't live under a household under legalism. You do this, I do that, and that's it. A, a relationship is not built that way, and neither does order come in your life that way. So with that being said, Titus... Was, was a new convert, okay? He was a new convert. Uh, they were trying to impress upon him legalism, but Paul, who was leading him at that time, uh, was, was, took a stand and said, like, no, this is not something that, you, that he needs to do. So Paul took a stand there. Now, it's important that we know God's word because we are not only leading ourselves, but we are leading people, and there are people that, that God has called us to lead and if we don't know the word, or we, sometimes we cannot take the stand that's necessary for those that we're leading and are looking to us, okay? Now, verse 5 says, we did not give in to them for a moment. So there was a little bit of debate, I guess you can say, that was going on. And he says, we did not give in to them for a moment. I want to focus on there, on that because there will be moments in your life that you will want to give in. I don't know if you've ever had those types of moments I can tell you myself, I'll be the first one to raise my hand. If you want to join me, go ahead. But 2020 has been filled with a lot of those moments where I just want to give in, where I just want to maybe even give up at times and and things of that nature, because 2020 has been a a pretty tough season. Have you ever had those moments? Those usually they're they're high pressure moments. Luckily for us, we have Jesus. Who 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 gives us an example of how to deal with that? And that comes out. And I'm going to read you. I'm going to take you. I'm going to sidestep you here. I know I'm talking a lot. I'm allowing my wife to to speak a little bit, but but I'm going to show you how to handle those moments. Out of Matthew chapter four, verse one through eleven. I'm going to read them. Okay. It says, Then Jesus was led up to up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights. Afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, I want to stop right there and go back to the first one, because I, did, I skipped this. Jesus was led up by the Spirit, capital S. God led Jesus, okay? He led Jesus to a place of testing and trial. Okay, so, so it's important we as believers understand there are moments in our lives where God is going to bring us to a moment of testing, a moment of trial, Okay, but, but whenever God gives a test, it's not to fail us. It's so that we can pass. If we fail, it's not because, of, because God uh, made us fail. If we fail, it's because maybe we didn't do something we were supposed to do. Maybe we didn't uh, uh, you know, possibly uh, act in the way that God wanted us. I, I don't know what it may be, but, but whenever God gives us a test, it's because he knows that we can pass it. And just a matter of us following those steps, to pass that type of test. Do you have any thoughts on that, honey?
1: Um, Yeah, well, I want to go back to, uh, we went back to Galatians, verse 4. If we go back to that, it says, this matter, and because I have a different version than you, so you're reading out of the NKJV, and mine was the NIV. (laughs) It says, this matter arose, because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. And then verse 5 says, we did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. I want to really talk about slavery, this, this, you know, because Satan will use people and things of this world to infiltrate our lives, to steal our freedom, to test us, <laughs> to test us, steal our freedom, take us back to slavery when we already came out of slavery. See, Something that I learned this year was I don't want to have an Israelite mentality of willing to be enslaved when I was already set free. Mm, See, there was a moment in my life, maybe last year sometime... Uh, I was going shopping. Okay, so I'm a storyteller, so you ready for a story? Okay. So I was going shopping, me, my mom, my daughter, and uh, we were looking for some clothes and there was a cute blazer. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cute. My mom's like, try it on. It was a little small. And so she was like, but you know you, Tina, you gain weight, you lose it. You gain weight, you lose it eyes rolled, you know, I was was like, whatever, mom, give it up for moms who tell you the truth, even though you don't want to hear it, right, well, anyways, it sat with me, and I was studying the book of Exodus, Um, we studied it in Bible college, and so I was studying it, and I was studying the Israelites, and how the Israelites were freed out of Egypt, but they got hungry, right, they didn't have food, and so they were so hungry, and so, like acting like a kid, (laughs) like babies. They got hangry. They got hangry, right? (laughs) That they were willing to go back to slavery. They were like, I want to go back to Egypt. And so I was like... Why are we willing to go back to um, what we were slaved to? I'm a slave to, to, to this mindset of food, of going back to unhealthy ways. I know it wasn't good for my body. I know it wasn't healthy. I know how it was making me feel. But I was willing to go back and be enslaved to something that wasn't good for me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then when we look back in the Bible, We look at Esau, who was willing to give up his birthright for food. We look at Eve, who ate fruit, you know, and then sin happened. Look at us now, girl. I was like... (laughs) I tell my husband, I'm like, I want to have a word with Eve when we get to heaven, because you know, childbirth, all this stuff. Anyways, I show my sons, look at what you did to me. Oh, like, you better make some money so you could pay for a mama makeover. I'm praying, Lord Jesus. So when I give my generosity and praying, Lord, my kids are gonna make money and give me a mama makeover. Come on, come on, Amen. come on, moms, Amen. keep it real. Come on. Anyways, so um But yeah, so it's just so important that we aren't enslaved to things that we already been set free from. And the scriptures say in John 8 says, it says, so if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Second Corinthians 517 says, therefore, if anyone in Christ... Um, is anyone if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. So let go of those things that slaved you, imprisoned you, and let them go and walk in freedom. When you choose to say this scripture, if anyone is in Christ and the new creation has come, the old has gone. The old is gone. You are not the old Tina. I am the new Tina. You aren't the old Pastor Louis, you are the new Pastor Louis. Principal. So when you go through tests. You know, when you go through tests, you come out a new creation. And 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Because it ain't going to be easy, okay? Like he said, the tests aren't meant to fail you, but it's going to be hard, okay? But stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of God. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain, it is not in vain. And lastly, I want to leave you with this scripture and talking about this. It's Galatians 5:1. My husband said it I believe earlier, but and we've been on this. It says, "It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm." You hear that words again, stand firm. Then, "And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery." A yoke of slavery. We are not bondage to that yoke or to those that slavery. Let it go. You are free. We are free. We don't need to go back to those things anymore.
0: So good. I love how you talked about just the, just the mentality of slavery because Moses was a man who led the people of Israel of Israel out of slavery under the Egyptian rule and bondage of the Egyptian masters. Um, he led them out of slavery. Okay, so many of you know the story of Moses. Um, um, many of you don't, but summarize. That's what he did. He led people out of slavery. Now, that people group was supposed to enter in the promised land, which God had promised to them, but they never made it to the promised land because they were stuck in a slavery mentality. So, what they were stuck in was a place of a, called the wilderness, a place of wandering. Now, this is crazy to me because the Bible, the Bible tells us they were stuck there for 40 years. 40 years they were stuck there. A people group, you know, they were supposed to be, you know, going into the promised land. Because of their slave mentality, they were stuck for 40 years and never entered into the promised land. The, we, we've learned that it takes, it, it should have taken only 11 days to get out of that wilderness, 11 days. I believe there's 356 days in a year. So, like 40, 40 years times 356 minus 11. Come on, somebody. Where are my algebra majors right there? Come on. Um, that's how long they were stuck because of a mentality. So, so here we look at the scriptures, and the scriptures in Galatians, they're telling us that there's people that are trying to bring a, a bondage mentality to the gospel of good news, which was supposed to bring freedom. It's not to enslave, but to bring freedom, which tells me, like, you know, the, the, the heart may be set free. We say the words... We we, believe, we confess with our mouths. We believe with our hearts. We become saved, as the word says in Romans 10, 9. But then sometimes the mind doesn't catch up. Right. And we start to put things on ourselves that enslave us to, to what we think it should be. Such in this case, the people, the Jewish leaders at the time, the prominent Jewish leaders in, the, in, in Jerusalem were trying to put things on people to enslave them. Though they probably... I, I, um, I don't want to assume every Jewish leader at that time was trying to enslave them. That was the, what they were going for. But what, 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 hap, what happened was, <laughs> their mind was not transformed. The Bible tells us to not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, which means we are to have a mind that is renewed in order to live in freedom, in order to, to break away from these moments so that we do not give in to them. Just as Jesus, when I was reading Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11, he was in a high-pressure moment where, where he could have given in. Maybe in 2020 you were in a high-pressure moment where you could have given in, or maybe you did give in. I just want to encourage you, it's okay, 2020 is not over. We have Jesus that we can look to to see how do we bring ourselves out of these moments of wanting to give in. In verse 4, the Bible says in Matthew 4, it says, But he answered and said, It is written. How beautiful is that? Jesus answered the enemy, the devil at this time, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then verse five goes to to this and says this, then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot on on the stone. This is the second time the devil comes to Jesus in a moment where he could have given in and, and he tempts him. Which is crazy to me. The, the devil learned from the first time of temptation because the first time he didn't come with the written word, but the, the, the first time he learned, oh, Jesus came to me with the written word. That's how he combated me. So maybe I can use the, uh, the written word out of context to lead him the wrong way. Mm, my goodness. So he adapted and he learned. So the enemy is going to try to adapt and learn uh, your tendencies and your weaknesses to try to keep you away from the freedom that you have in Christ, wow. to, uh, to, to make you give in in those high-pressure moments, in the moment, as the word says. But let's see what happens this, the, the third time. In verse seven, it says, Jesus said to him, it is written again, or he's responding to the second time, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So he's like, devil, you'll not tempt me, the Lord your God, you, you don't do that. Verse 80 says, again, the devil took him up and on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. So one last ditch effort. The, the devil's relentless. He's not going to want to stop. He knows what's on Jesus's life, so he's going after him just like the enemy knows what's on your life so sometimes he comes after you relentlessly trying to get you to give in in those moments and fall into temptation and he'll come after you you. But Jesus in verse 10 says, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve, uh, serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So what did Jesus do? No, Not only did he combat him also with the word once again, but he told him first, away with you, Satan, with the authority that he had in himself. And let me tell you, you have that same authority in Jesus Christ, not under your authority, not under Pastor Louis authority, but under the authority of Jesus. You can say away with you, Satan, and come at him with the word of God. Yes. This is how you handle high pressure moments. so that in those moments. As in verse uh, uh, five said that you don't have to give, we did not give in to them for a moment. So in those moments, you don't have to get it, give in. You, this is how you combat those moments so that you stand strong just like Paul did and, and know the convictions of your heart that, that God has given you to lead not only yourself, but the people around you. This was a high pressure moment. 2020 has been a high pressure moment or set of moments. Still crazy to to me that God led Jesus into these moments. Mm. Now I'm not saying that God brought the, the whole COVID thing and everything that came about, but what I am saying is that God is using this moment so that we can step into fully what he has for us after all this is said and done. Because be encouraged, 2020 is going to finish. COVID's going to leave. Whatever happens with, with that and, and, and what have you, it's going to be gone. Jesus is still going to be on the throne. Come on, next year we're going to be saying Merry Christmas and celebrating the birth of our Savior again. But all this, God is using to set you up for what's next. God is setting you up, and and, and just so to help you, too, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Type that with me right there. Say, God is faithful. Say it with me. God is faithful. God is faithful. Type it. God is faithful. God is faithful. Type it in there. He is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So God is not only the God of of provision uh, financially, spiritually, but he's also a God of provision of a way out. Come on. Sometimes we're looking for God to to make a way. And and sometimes you say, God, show me the way out of what's in front of me because I don't want to give in in this moment. I don't want to give in uh, in this moment of weakness. Your word says when I am weak, you make me strong. Amen. Moments, moments, standing on God's word and moments is what's going what's to clear up the path for what God wants to direct you into. Your life is a product of decisions you make in moments guided by the decisions you make for your lifetime. So here's another help, help, helping tool for you that when pressure moments come up, if you have made the decision to say, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to follow his word, I'm going to follow his principles, then when those high pressure moments come along, you'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll recenter yourself and find your, your, your north, as you can say, as some people say, and, and, and know that it's back with God and his word. David was a man of God, and he messed up in his life and fell into temptation at times, but he always knew where to come back to. The Bible says this in Psalm 119.11 about David, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So we as believers gotta get this word inside of us so that it brings us back to our true north so that when that moment comes up, we we know where to go to. Verse 5 again, we did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Come on, what a power. You have any thoughts? Anything you want to add on that? Or you want to jump into the next scripture?
1: Um, no, I think it's just we're sharing all this, but I know when you're in that, right? When you're in the middle of being tested and tempted it's hard, right, when it feels like everything around you is crumbling, where I don't know about you, but I'm like, can I just go into a cave and hibernate like a bear? Let me know when it's all over (laughs) and and I can come out. I mean, can I keep it real? You know, I'm like, I don't wanna deal with this. This is hard. It's either emotionally exhausting, physically exhausting, whatever it may be, because we're not exempt from trials. When when my car broke down and it was, I remember car after car, we had this suburban way back in the days. Dude, it, the water of the suburban, or I don't even know what it's called, but I used to have, like, jugs of a liters of water, and it would overheat, and I was, like, professional. I would, like, take off that cap, put in the water, or drive, you know, uh, uh, to the curb, put it on, and it was just trial after trial. I think after that, like, our washer broke down, and then something else broke down. It was, like, literally laughable at one point, because I was just like, okay, God, you know what? This is the cross that you have you this is you have carried this cross for me. I can't. I have no. I have no control over why these cars keep breaking down, or this happened, or this happened, or this happened. You know, and I'm like, I can either choose to allow it to defeat me, or I can continue to to move on and know that God, that you have something in store for me. I know one day, Lord Jesus, you're gonna provide a good car, Lord Jesus. I know that one day you're gonna restore that relationship. I know everything that was taken from me, I'm gonna be given back, and I'm gonna be giving it back sevenfold. I know because this. Is what your word says, and even though I am being tested, and even though I am in the trial, I'm gonna come out stronger because I know what your word says, and and greater than that, He is He that is in me, that that is He that is in the world. Did I say it right? You know what I'm saying? All right. I got tongue tied. I need some water. Anyways, I have to say those things over myself because there isn't. We're not exempt from trial. It's gonna come. It's gonna come, and they come in waves, and sometimes they come in harder waves, you know. But we got to know how to ride the wave. One time when I was at the beach, uh, I was out in the waves, and it 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 was taking me out, and I'm just trying to go back to to the shore. And I was like, why can't I make it back to the shore? I'm trying, I'm swimming and I'm getting exhausted. And I see the lifeguard coming out to me and he's like, just float. And I was like, what? I'm so tired, he's like, just float. And I was like, okay. So I literally just laid my body back and the wave just took me in, just float. God is telling you, just float, whatever that is, whatever God is calling you to, whatever he's taking you through, because we're all going through something, whether it be relationship, whether it be a harsh financial hardship, whatever it is that you are battling today, I just want you to be encouraged that you are going to get through it. It's only a season It's not forever. And you got to stay strong to that foundational thing that God is just is saying to you. Read your word. Have a foundational scripture. What scripture are you relying on? What scripture are you going to? What is getting you through? We're talking about it right now. We're talking about how in the last in the last verse, he says, we did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. How are you preserving the gospel in your life? Mm. How are you preserving the gospel in your life? <clears throat> and I just want to remind you, go. Go to the word of God. It's so, it's, it's, it's so simple, but yet we don't do it. Mm. Right? It's so simple, but how many times have you opened your Bible today it's the foundation, it's the blueprint, it's the it's the key to every day. And then when you had a hard day or when somebody said something to hurt your feelings, were you able to combat it with, with the word of God? Or were you combating it with Instagram and what they have to say about keeping it 100 when you don't always have to keep it 100. It's not necessary always to have an opinion. Not everybody needs to hear your opinion. Why do you think that your opinion it needs to be heard all the time. You know, what what are those things? And that's why I think it's so important that we we know these things and so how are you preserving the gospel in your life? What are you doing to preserve it? What are what how what's taking place in your life when you wake up every single morning? Every single morning, you should just right now, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like some people on the other end of this maybe you're feeling like you're feeling almost convicted because you haven't you haven't opened him her lately you haven't i like how pastor said she she hasn't felt caressed lately she's not highlighted lately she's not underlined bolded she's not taken with you she's just left at home in the dust like what are we doing with the word of god are, are they just letters on on a page or is it something we breathe in that we live that we can't do, have enough without, you know? And so to me, that's something that God is just speaking into me. And when I'm tempted, when I'm going into trials, when I go to the gospel, because it is, it, is the very, it is the very essence of what my life is standing on, like I can't live without this. I cannot live without the word of God.
0: It's our firm foundation. Yes. Amen. That's so good, honey. Thank you for sharing that. Let's go to the, this one, one more verse. And we're about to tie things up right now and uh, before we go in, into worship. But Galatians chapter 2, verse 6. Okay, we, we've made it to verse 6. And it says, that for those who were held in high esteem. Now, that's the NIV. Okay, I haven't finished that, that scripture yet. But I want to read you the first part of it. And actually out of the, in New King James Version, it says, from those who seemed to be something. And I, and I, I wanted to read that one because Paul, Paul is, is talking with these leaders and he's like, he's, you can kind of sense a little bit of his um, attitude, sarcasm, whatever you want to call it, uh, frustration uh, because he says, for those who seemed to be something, like these seem, these, these seem to be some, something, like they're the, the leaders of the church, but yet the, the, you know, some of the things that they're teaching is, is not what they should be impressing upon the people. So he says that, let me read the rest of it. He says, whatever they were makes no difference to me. That's what he says, whatever they were makes no difference to me because God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. So he went over there and I I believe last week I mentioned that Paul went over there because he wanted to discuss the revelation knowledge that he got from Jesus. Because some of the things that were being taught coming from from them was 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 just in addition was not supposed to be there. Um, it, it, they were adding bondage, things that weren't supposed to be. So he's there to, 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 to be in alignment because he's talking to the leaders of the, of, the, of the church. But at the same time, knowing that, hey, this, this is, there's an order here and, and we have this new gospel, freedom in Jesus. God doesn't show favoritism, so it doesn't matter what you do as far as the, all the laws that you practice. Um, Even how many scriptures you memorize, you know, because, you know, let me help someone out like out there like, man, I have a tough time. And you guys talk about reading the Bible and, and learning it. I have a tough time. You know what I always tell people is like, for me, like I, I, my, I would like to say my memory is slightly above average. You know, my wife says I have a good memory, um, but, but sometimes,
1: except for when it comes to throwing out the
0: trash, (laughs) selective memory, come on, somebody (laughs) ask me about uh, the word I'll tell you, (laughs) but, um, but, but what's most important is that you have heart knowledge. So, so, so let me give you this example. Like two months ago, do you remember what you had on a Wednesday night for dinner? No, nobody remembers, unless you were fasting, like, oh yeah, two months ago I was fasting or something, all right, awesome for you, um, but, but your body still benefit, benefited from that night oh, yeah. of dinner that you had, the nutrients, everything, it was downloaded, you may not remember, but your body, your body benefited from every piece of vitamin, minerals that was in there, that, that, uh, protein, everything that you needed, Okay but you don't remember what you had for dinner. The word's the same. Sometimes you may think, like, I'm not going to read my word because, you know, I can't memorize, I don't memorize well, but the fact that you're reading it, maybe you read it a month ago and, and it discouraged you because you thought, like, oh, I didn't remember anything, but your, your spirit still benefits from it. And the more and more you, you, you feed yourself the word of God, the more and more your spirit will benefit from it, regardless if you have, have it memorized. Memorization will come. Heart, heart, knowledge. heart knowledge is like that. It's instant. You get that word in your heart, man, it's there forever. But, you know, the, the, the mind may take a little while to, to catch up, but it, it will catch up. So don't be discouraged by that. God does not show favoritism. I don't know how I went all the way on that, but, but I want to come back to this. God does not show favoritism. Again, he was going to the le- religious leaders because they knew the law. They had everything memorized. They knew the, the, the preset upon preset of, of, of what needed, what offerings needed to be done, what they, the, the, the Sabbath, the, the laws of the Sabbath. They, they knew all these things. The, the, they knew about the circumcision and not being circumcised and all this stuff, all these traditions. They knew all this, all this stuff. They had all this knowledge, but what they didn't have and what Paul was trying to show them is you need to to make that knowledge uh, a tool to build people up. So what do I mean? The Bible says this. First Corinthians 8, 1, the latter half, uh, 8, 8, like the latter half of of one. But knowledge puffs up while love builds up. So. It's great that you have knowledge, he's telling them. You have knowledge of the laws. You have knowledge of the word. But you need to build people up because what you're putting upon them is tearing them down. The very thing that, 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 that God sent his son for was to build them up. The Bible tells us that love builds up so we as believers... And what Paul was trying to say to them back then is like, you got to transfer your knowledge. It's great that you know all the traditions and all that stuff, the legalities of what, what it used to be, but you got to transfer that into love to build people up. Because it doesn't matter how many scriptures you know, how many laws you know, how many uh, Bible references you know, how much history you know, or a biblical context you know. But if you're not transferring that up in, in, into love to build someone up, then it's all for nothing. Because love builds up not knowledge that's why sometimes uh people come at you and and, uh you know and and with just information and you and you still leave overwhelmed sometimes because like I just don't know well you know you know I got a lot of information that's awesome but I don't feel built up we as believers have to come to a point where we're building people up through love no matter how much we know no matter how much we know, how much knowledge we have, all that stuff is to add value towards the love that God placed inside of us for people. And Paul's telling that to them at that time. That that's ultimately what he's trying to share. is like, man, what you're sharing, your knowledge, it's awesome, but, but it's not helping build people up because that's not the love of God. It's, it's putting and impressing upon them the traditions and the laws and things of the old.
1: Um, I just want to speak to share parents. Build your kids up okay stop saying that there are things that they are not stop saying so and so you are lazy no they are not lazy maybe they're acting lazy but they are not lazy okay you are raising world changers stop saying they are certain ways that they are not you need to build up your children if you are raising world changing children speak to that. No, you are. You are. You are the most motivated son ever. No, you are smart. No, you are anointed. You are favored. You are called. You are going to change this world. I tell my sons and my daughter, you are smart. You are beautiful, and you are a mighty woman and man of God. That's who they are. So I speak to who they are, not how they are acting, but who they are. So parents, build up. what you Honor what you want repeated. You want that that, that child to be raised up in that way. Speak to it. Speak those things as though they're not, as though they are. Speak to their potential. Speak to where they are going. Speak to what you know that is inside of them. Because that's what we're called to do as parents. We are called to cover them, to bring those things out of them. That like I said, they may not be acting that way, but but you need to call those things out. Call those things out. Like he says, love builds. Love builds. If we are saying, if we are saying things about them, we are not building them. Love builds. What does love look like? What does love look like? So speak to your children and build them up. And maybe you weren't built up as a child. Maybe you weren't used to that. No one said, no one said, oh, you are amazing. No one said that you are smart. No one said, oh, you are confident. No one said those things about you. I am telling you now. You are loved. You are confident. You are strong. You are a mighty man of God. You are a mighty woman of God. And nothing, nothing can stop the call of God over your life. You are destined for greatness. God is doing a mighty work in you. And he hasn't stopped yet. He is doing it in your children. He is doing it in your mom. He is doing it in your dad. And you're going to see them come to Christ through you. Your life. You are gonna see those things that you have believing for come to fruition in your life. In your life, because that's who you are. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. You, yes, you, you looking at me right now, you are a child of the multi king. You are his princess. You are his prince. Wear that crown told me that i had to shift my crown shift that crowd walk in anointing walk in authority because that's who you are and i am building you up because somebody built me up my pastors build me up my husband builds me up this worship team they build me up i am surrounded by believers who are building me up you need to get into the house you need to get into your word you need to get into a connect group you need to be around people who are building you up stop hanging out with with sister sassy and uh, noah the Nager. i don't know <laughs> but i don't know you just need to stop hanging out with those people you need to hang out with people who are gonna build you up You need to cut off those friendships. You need to place boundaries. Boundaries are not set up for those people to be away from you. Boundaries are set up for you to protect yourself from others. But right now, let's let's just pray.
0: Real quick, I want to speak this to you too as well. Some of you in here, I spoke about giving in in the moment and how Paul didn't give in that moment. I want to speak to you right now. You feel like, man, you've been giving in in the moment. That's not you. You may have fallen into old patterns because of 2020, but 2020 is not going to define you. The word of God defines you. Like my wife said, you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. The moment has no power over you. The moment may make you feel like you're powerless, but the moment has no power over you. Satan has no power over you. The attacks of the enemy have no power over you. The addiction has no power over you. Depression has no power over you. Worry has no power over you. Lack has no power over you. Sickness has no power over you. For the Word of God is greater than all those things trying to say they have power over you. You are not powerless, you are powerful. You are powerful not because you, the person, are powerful but because the God who loves you is for you and He is powerful. There's nothing that can stand up to Him or rise up against Him. He is, not, he is mightier than anything that's trying to come against Him. And He is for you. He is by your side. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are God's child, and you are loved, and He has you right where you need to be, in the palm of His hand. That is your position, and that is who you are. Come on, let's lift our voice. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Freedom House OC Today. See you next week.